Happy Tuesday, listeners. You're listening to Community Centered. I'm Debbie O'Hanley, your host, with my friend Margie Kyle, founder of Little Smiles. I am super excited today, Margie, about our guest. We are we have been concentrating the last month on some hope and healing in our community, and kind of wrapping it up here with Mike is a great way to put the cherry on top of what we've been speaking about. So I'm excited to hear about what he has to say. How was your weekend? Actually, it was very busy. Yeah? What'd you do? Well, I had a holy Sunday, that's for sure. Holy? Okay. <laughs> we'll take it. I uh, had to usher in the morning, and then they had at Mount Zion um, a guest choir director, and I think seven different churches sent people from their choir. Nice. And the music just blew you away. Oh, we all have to find hope in our community yeah. these days. And if you can find and it, it in your church. And it put a huge smile on my face. Yeah, a girl. Love it. Hope and smile. That's the way to do it in our community. Well, we had dinner at a new, uh, well, relatively new restaurant in Huntersville called Akuzar. And that means sugar in Brazilian. And I said I'd give a shout out to Hector. He was so lovely, the manager there. We had a very unusual and different meal, something, you know, not run of the mill. And uh, I suggested if uh, listeners are looking for something new and different, that they go check out Azucar in oh. Huntersville. Maybe some of you might want to interview. very interesting. It was very exotic. You know, I, I live a charmed life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we let you out once a yeah, month. Every now and then we get to do that. You know, well, you have we to. missed you last week. I, and I missed being here, but you know, it's very important. You know, uh, we're transitioning my mom into Williams Place, which is a retirement community in Davidson. And it's it's been it's been a mountain top experience up and, and down. And I was telling my kids about that. Yeah. And my son said, Mom, you're going to drive us into a home before we'll ever take you. <laughs> you know, I'd like to move in myself. Three meals a day. There's a gym on site. There's a hair salon. There's a chapel. There's a library. It's really a lovely community. But, you know, change is hard, especially when you're 85. Yes. yes. And um, she has a beautiful lake view, so I, I don't see anything wrong with it. But, you know, when you've been doing something your whole life the same for 85 years, to do something different is a little challenge. So, you know, we talk in our family and, and in the professional world that I'm in, in about transition, right? And i um, excited to talk to Mike about what that word means because transition is the space between what was and what will be. And yes. I think Novant is going through a transition themselves. So we're going to hear about that um, and uh, excited to hear about that. Listeners, if you would like to talk to Mike or Margie or myself, you can call the studio at 844-788-3464, and we would be excited to take your call. Absolutely. We had a couple calls last week. Awesome. Yeah. Now, um, I have a little gift for you. I love gifts. What you got? <laughs> I Aww. have my friend Ellen. Stafford makes bracelets for Aww. my kitties. Lovely. And take them and let them pick one I or will. two because asking a child to pick one toy mm. takes hours. But Absolutely. if you could say take two or three. I love these. They say yeah. brave and strong and, and wish hope. 
and hope and joy lovely. You know, we were we were making them for a while at Hope House. I know we you were. were teaching some of the ladies how to do that, but it's sort of um, you know, uh, things got busy for them and we've sort of fell by the wayside of doing it. But you know, it's very inspirational to look down and and have a piece of jewelry or a reminder of um, And if you have another child that needs a smile. You know where our storage unit is. I have a new baby that came in this week. We haven't had a baby in a while. And a baby makes everyone the mother of the year, including me. Let's have a baby shower. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) We would love it. Uh, A lovely new family moved in. We are transitioning another new family in in the next couple of weeks. So we are a busy place and um, getting geared up to um, make a lot of changes. Good. Yeah. And if you know of a child in a hospital, shelter, or hospice, please let me know because we will do what it takes to put a smile on that child's face. No child should be alone wanting something that we can get so quickly and so easily. I have visited Margie's Storage <laughs> Center. It is like the North Pole. Uh, I don't have time to play with all these toys. <laughs> it's And you say, when I pick one, you're like, no, no, no. Take another. Take another. It's like buy one, get one free <laughs> with That's Margie. Right. So I, uh, I love what you do. I love what you do for our community and our kids and putting smiles on their face. I know that uh, there must be some really happy staff when you come into the hospital. They know they that are, you're there yeah. to spread some joy and some hope. And, and we, if they don't find it in the first storage unit, I take them to the second one. Oh, that's incredible. You know, I think having two storage uh, facilities just reminds us how generous this community is and what they can do for you and I know that and and also how hurting some people mm-hmm. really are here mm-hmm. absolutely we're seeing more and more of that and my most favorite story was you when you came to storage the first time and I had that huge monkey mm. and you said nobody will play with that monkey I mean the monkey was bigger than we were he was pretty big and so I said okay if nobody touches monkey in a couple of days I'll come and pick him up well, this little girl was being very naughty, and her mother said, you're in a timeout. Go tell Monkey what you did wrong. So she's whispering in Monkey's ear, and she turns to her mom with her hand on her hip and said, Monkey didn't think I was that bad. <laughs> it's amazing what to- a toy or a gift can do to children, and especially in our situation, children that are living homeless. You know, sometimes you have to make the choice between leaving toys behind. Yes. In yes. order to take food or a blanket or something. And, you know, some of my favorite experiences are going into public school classrooms and talking to children about what it looks like to be homeless. And, you know, we do this little lesson where we say, you know, if you had to leave tonight quickly, what would you put in your backpack? And that's such a great question. Some of our kids are like, well, my Xbox or my, you know, my bike or my, no, you've got to take a backpack. So we, um, we have that reality check every now and then to just yeah. understand what. Um, some of our kids go through. So thank you for putting hope in our community and a smile on the face of some of our children. Well, we're going to put together a baby shower for this little baby. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I can't wait. She's been sleeping on a floor. Oh, so. oh yeah. that's not going to last much longer. About time she gets some, some good things yeah. for her. So yeah. when we come back, we're going to be talking with Mike Riley, who is the president of Novon Health Huntersville Medical Center. And I know that Mike has probably gone through some struggles in the last <laughs> few years, as we all have. And I'm sure that there's a lot that we're going to have to talk about. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be curious to hear 
hear some of his answers to our questions. But the other thing I wanted to share is uh, our friends at Lake Norman Rotary are going to be having their Wine Spectacular. I believe it's October 14th, and I'm not sure if tickets are sold out yet, but you can contact Margie and I, and we can let you know that. But um, Novant Health is the main sponsor, and um, it is a fabulous night in our community. And where um, Margie and I are on the receiving end of some of the fundraising that they do for us, and um, it's really a wonderful night for us to feel the hope and to see the smiles in our community from generous donors and people that want to get involved to make a difference. Absolutely. So we are putting hope back in the headlines <laughs> every day. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Mike Riley, president of Novon Health Huntersville, and um, Margie Kyle and I will be back shortly. <laughs> back. I am so excited today. We have a great day planned for you. But before we get started, I know some of you out there have playpens, cribs, high chairs that are just kicking around and they have no place to go. Hope House would absolutely embrace it. Absolutely. And appreciate it. So if you're sitting there listening to us, please pick up the phone and call 844-STUDIO-4 and let Bill know uh, a phone number and what you have and we, we will make it happen. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, Mike, I'm so excited to have you here. Excited to be here. Yeah. I was listening to a show you did with Bill Russell and Joe Vagnone today. So I thought, I'm going to get some more notes on him. I don't have enough notes on him. <laughs> How our relationship started was Nicole Burton mm-hmm. was in the Leadership Lake Norman Chamber uh, program. And I had just, Bill had asked me to speak on starting a nonprofit. I had just hung up Zoom in the phone ring, and it was Nicole. And she said, I have to talk to you now. I said, okay. (laughs) We started talking, and of course, she was getting the Martin Truex uh, emergency wing started in Huntersville for the kids. And that has been another one of Little Smile's passions. Unbelievable what he did for our community. It it is, it has been unbelievable. You know, we have had kids in our ER for the hospital's been open for 18 years now. And we take take care of kids all the time and have and have done a great job with that. Um, Clinically, we've done a great job and we've cared for them. And but you think about it, if you're a six year old little girl and you fall off your swing, you break your arm and you go to the ER. You're in a room next to maybe a psychiatric patient and maybe a car accident and maybe a gunshot wound mm-hmm. and it's just a it's a horrifying place if, it you're, is. if you're a little kid i've been there R- right yeah so so what thanks to uh the martin truex foundation and a lot of other uh, donors especially the nascar community um have have we've created this pediatric friendly er where there's a nascar theme every room you go into has a different nascar driver who's donated the room and designed the room yeah. so it's it's a neat place to go where yeah nobody wants to go to the er but at least in this atmosphere 
it's a little more fun and it feels a little safer. And what Little Smiles has done is provide your nurses with bags, depending on the age, if they're babies, like a blanket, a stuffed animal, something they can hold right away. Right. Um, and if they're older, maybe it's a game, maybe it's a Barbie doll or whatever little girls and yeah. boys like to play. So that as soon as they come in, they're given something. Right, and, and we can't thank you enough for that because it's, yes, the atmosphere is nice, but they're still scared to death. And to Absolutely. have something like that to yeah. hold. And, and, you know, we have um, our child development specialists who are experts at helping the kids get through that kind of situation. Yeah. And they'll use play therapy and other things, and they'll yeah. explain the thing that's worse, I think, for kids is not the needle or the procedure or the painful thing. It's the fear mm -hmm. before they have that done. And so um, what, what they'll do is they'll use your toys to, to play, to show them what the doctor's going to do, that's what right. the nurse is going to yeah. do to make it so that it's not so scary. Yeah. Well, I know when my son, and then uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, uh, broke his neck when he was 15 and was screwed to the wall, all he could do was... I think it was goo, we called it. And he, all day long, would try to get a straw out of the cup. And if he did it, and the nurse finally said, you know, I'm so sorry, but he's got to stop it. And I said, why? And she said, he's ruining the wall. And I said, I will have it painted when he leaves. <laughs> That's all he could do. So I just had a question, Mike. If uh, a child is in need of ER services, do they go into the main entrance of the ER or do they go into the Truex? Yeah, we have two separate entrances, okay. So, so, and which is also great. Um, they come into the pediatric-friendly side and they wait in the pediatric-friendly okay. side, which is probably better than being in a, a NASCAR room because, you know, the, the waiting room can be just as scary as being in the back of yeah, the ER, if not more. So, yeah, there there's a separate, it, everything is completely bifurcated. There's a separate pediatric triage, separate triage room, separate triage waiting. So it's, yeah, it's a great, there's cartoons on. Oh, you know, that's it's great to know. Yeah, 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 that's wonderful. Well, and I learned that you started about 30 years ago as an assistant nurse. As an as a uh, yeah, as a um, nursing assistant, yeah, 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 and then you went in and, and became a registered nurse. Uh, Margie, you're, you're giving away my age. <laughs> my hair does it, honey. <laughs> You've had so much stress, you don't have any. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I've been in healthcare for. 30 plus years. Yeah. So, yeah. I started as a... And your wife is too. I my wife was a, is a rad tech by training, but now she's a physician's assistant in, in mental health. Okay. Which is a God huge bless. problem right now. Oh, it is. It's, it is. It is probably our biggest crisis in healthcare yeah. and really in the country and in, in all things today. Um, not enough resources, um, more, especially coming out of COVID, more and more people's um, mental health issues are exacerbated and... There's just not enough people to take care of them. No, we, well, we had I, an epidemic before COVID, yeah. and COVID made it much worse, for sure. And now they're just starting to realize what our kids went through. Right. Mm -hmm. That graduated, didn't have a graduation, didn't have a dance, didn't have any mm -hmm. of that closeness. Right. I'm sure years from now, we'll look at studies, and I'm interested in seeing which kids were affected the most. Is it the five-year-olds, or was it the, the middle schoolers, or was mm -hmm. it the high schoolers? Who were most negatively impacted by COVID because yeah. you know that at each stage of development it's important it's important yeah. that you go to school it's important that you interact with other kids and you know we didn't get that for two or three years I know mm -hmm. I yeah. know 
And that affected everybody in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Now, do you think I'm seeing and hearing of a resurgence of COVID? Yeah, and it's back, but it's not back like it was. Okay. Um, so we're seeing more and more positive cases in the hospital, but usually they're on a patient who is in with something else. So it's not there. There's there. It's almost like the flu. Sometimes when when uh, we have big flu seasons, we'll get more patients with respiratory issues, but they're usually the patients who are um, immunocompromised in some way, or older, or you know who would who would normally get sick from the flu. They're the ones who are getting additionally sick from COVID. So um, it's not like the gosh, the Omicron wave or the Delta wave where we're seeing people die of COVID specifically and young people and all that. It's, but it is back. And, you know, you're hearing, they're talking about the trifecta, the flu, the RSV and the COVID all, you know, coming again this, this winter. So I I can imagine we're going to have a lot of respiratory issues. Do you think you will see the return of the mask mandate? So... I don't know about the mandate for all, but I can tell you at Novant, um, we are already intermittently, uh, intermittently masking in different areas. Mm-hmm. So um, the ER, for example, mm-hmm. we're, we're masking there just because there's so much respiratory stuff, not necessarily COVID, but COVID. Um, on our inpatient or all our other units, um, we have a rule where if five team members are positive for COVID, the whole unit has to mask. Wow. Just okay. because it, I, I, th- I remember back when old COVID, oh, I don't know what to call it, the original COVID <laughs> happened, you know, we were spreading COVID in the break room. And so we, so now I think, you know, we're spreading respiratory illnesses again, just mm-hmm. like we always have in the break room. And so we're having people mask on those units where we have higher incidence of COVID. Yeah. So okay. whether we're going to mandate everywhere all over again, not mm-hmm. for me to say, but yeah. we're starting to be proactive in the, in the hospital. Good. I was fortunate enough to be asked to be on your advisory council, which I'm honored to do. And we so appreciate it. Oh, I love it. But the last speaker we had, you know, was talking about burnout from the doctors and the nurses. Yep. And I can see that that's, you know, we worry about our kids, but I worry about our doctors and our nurses, mm-hmm. too, because what we put on them. Oh, yeah. That, that's Dr. Tom Jenicky. He is... Oh, um, he was fabulous. Oh, he's amazing. But he's over all things resiliency for the team, the, all the team members at Novant Health. And they have put together some amazing programs to help the team. But it's, it's something, you know, you think about it over the last three or four years, those clinicians were in the middle of it all and they watched people and they watched people die and you know that's and it's that's something that we at the hospital unfortunately see all the time you know people go through stages of life but with covid we were seeing 30 40 50 year old people with little kids dying and that's different and you know they we think about end of life decisions and as you get older you know you you know that your time's coming and so you sort of prepare and you talk to your family and you're not, you know, nobody's ever ready, I don't think, but you, you know, you kind of have a plan. Um, with these 30, 40, 50 year olds, you know, nobody knew who was going to take That's care of the right. kids. Yeah. You know, it was just, it was awful. So, that, and, and as healthcare workers, it's in, as, as hard as we try, it's impossible to be in that and see that and witness that and not be affected by it. And so, a lot of our team members really got burned out from that. I think there was a huge nursing shortage. Pre-COVID, yes, it's it's worse 
now because you know those who are in nursing who were maybe older and were a few years away from retirement said, oh, I'm just going to retire. Or there's a lot of jobs that nurses and other healthcare workers can do from home. Yeah. You know, and with you know um, all of the technology that we have now, is that they don't have to work bedside. So it's been a big struggle to get folks to come back and to kind of continue to recruit healthcare workers. Yeah. Now, anybody listening out there that might want to help other than maybe donating some money. Are there any other things that might help the... Um... I, I think the, the thing that I ask the community to do most, uh, donating is great and that's fantastic, but uh, be nice. Be nice. And, and, and that's and mm, asking so little, but it's, it's, it's so it, desperately it because, needed. Yeah, and I think what, what happened during COVID are the incidents of um, patient to team member violence and aggression went up dramatically yeah i want you to hold that thought okay. <laughs> yeah we we're, we're going to try to put some hope back in the headlines mike okay <laughs> we're going to do that with a smile when we come back we're going to learn a little bit more from mike president of novant health huntersville medical center um, it's fascinating conversation that we're having and uh i don't think there's anybody that isn't um has been affected by what we're talking That's about right. so um Welcome back. When we come back, we'll be talking more with Mike. Welcome back, listeners. You're listening to Community Centered. I'm Debbie O'Hanley, Executive Director of the Hope House Foundation, and I'm here with my friend Margie Kyle, founder of Little Smiles North Carolina. And we are uh, doing this show to try to put hope back in the headlines and try to bring a smile to someone's face. So if you're listening, I hope that you just listen to Mike, uh, president of Novant Health Huntersville, tell us that we just need to try a little more kindness and to try to be a little bit more hopeful, not um, it doesn't sound like it's a hard thing to do, but sometimes it's just one of those really tough things. So we are going to be looking for hope to be happening um, here on our studio at 105.9 FM. Margie, what other questions do you have for well, Mike? I Let's play Stump Mike. Me, yeah, we will in a second. It won't take long. Yeah. <laughs> we just had a phone call of somebody donating something for Hope House. Thank you. Which we cannot thank you enough. And please call in if you have a high chair, crib, playpen, baby, toys, whatever. 844 Studio 4. You got it memorized. Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> so be nice. You know, it takes so little. True. And I think we forgot the word thank you. And I appreciate what you do. Mm -hmm. yep. It's it's very mm -hmm. true. The, I think during COVID, I think people hated COVID so much, we all did, that as it, in the beginning of it, when it first started, there were huge outpourings for the team and everybody, you know, I don't think for the first six months, the team had to pay for lunch because there was always something coming. But as it drug on yeah. the second year and the third year and the fourth year, I think people got so tired of COVID and everything that came with it that the, no, the, the, Healthcare workers kind of became the face of COVID. Not people weren't intentionally thinking that they were COVID, but they were so mad that um, they uh, they were much more aggressive toward our healthcare workers. And so we've seen a significant. This is not just Charlotte or it's the country has seen a significant increase in violence toward healthcare workers. Oh. So I think that's the thing. I think you. I think you said it, Margie. Say thank you. I think that means so much. It does. 
it it's, does. It's hard. I was, I was talking in the break about how we, the, the nurses and, you know, all of the healthcare workers have, over the last three, four years, have been in sort of combat mode. You know, they were inundated with patients and sickness and all that, that they just had to get stuff done to keep people alive and make them better. And they didn't have time to do the things that I think most people got into healthcare for, and that's to... You know, to give to people. And That's to, right. And and it's it's. I tell people this all the time. If you, if you got into healthcare to make a lot of money, you probably made a bad decision. <laughs> you, you you get into it to to care for people and yeah. to get that reward back. You know, when you give to people and they're appreciative. And so I just tell everyone, be appreciative. You know, and give grace and and um, that's what I, that's what healthcare people got in it for. Is for yeah. that for that. You know, joy. it takes so little. To just print out a little card to your doctor. I appreciate what you did for me. Thank you for taking the extra time yep. and yep. stick it in the mail. I think they have that in uh, the office that my mom goes to, which is the same one as you use, a, a yeah. little appreciation card at yes, Novant. Yes, And I, as a, a person there in need, appreciate reading other people's feedbacks and comments about the staff there because it really makes me feel like I've made the right choice to be there to, yeah. to get care from a team, a team of people that really do care and are really involved in people's yeah, lives. That's right. I know, um, I'm sure that Little Smiles has benefited from some of the community engagement that your staff and your participants oh, yes. have done over there. Yeah. And I know at Hope House we have, and it just always blows me away that these are service individuals who are in, in so entrenched in that that they're going out into their community to provide more service to individuals who need it. So as someone who's on the receiving end of receiving that community engagement, I'm grateful and I'm, I'm very appreciative that there is that mindset to give back to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an important thing to do. And, um, you know, when you talk about the healthcare staff being the frontline workers, you know, at Hope House, we were essential workers as well. We could not shut down. And, you know, all my friends who are working from home and they're like, you're going in again. And I'm like, we're not stopping. You know, we can't stop. Homelessness doesn't take a break, even though there's COVID out here. So we think about what we received uh, working with the population that we were working with. And I'm sure that you saw some of the same things. So finding your joy again, looking for hope uh, and looking to give a smile. It doesn't hurt. I had a woman just today, I was in a store when I came out and she said, hello, have a blessed day. And I thought, holy mackerel, can I get (laughs) some more of that, but it actually reminded me to say it to the next person that I was going to see. So, Marky, have a blessed day. You as well, my (laughs) friend. And we always do, because we we find such joy in giving. Absolutely. You know, I had a client as a designer who was going through a rough time. She had to move into a million-dollar house. Aww. And I had to do all her design work and da-da-da, and she was miserable. And her husband said to me, she hasn't gotten dressed in months. So I said, come on, I'm going to take you out for a little drive. She went and got all dressed. We went to Jeff Gordon Children's Hospital to a birthday party for a little Mm eight-year-old who had a terminally ill disease. She's still going strong, thank heavens. She said to me, don't you ever do that to me again. But it changed my life Mm -hmm. because I realized how much there's out there of people in need. Mm -hmm. And when you give just a little bit, you get so much more back. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. We we have a saying at Hope House that um, hope, what does that mean? It's a gift that's invisible, but yet can be seen. Yeah. It's really easy to make hope visible when you you have to try at it, for sure. You want to hear a story? Yeah. So just a a week or so ago in, in the hospital, we had a terminally ill person in her ICU, and her daughter was, or her daughter-in-law, her son and daughter-in-law were about to get married, but it was going to be out of three weeks from now, and they couldn't, um, and they did, they were afraid that she wouldn't make the wedding, so they were married in the ICU uh, by our chaplain about two weeks ago, so it was a beautiful, We've done several weddings. Beautiful. And actually, I got my whatever you get so that I can marry, bury, and baptize. Really? (laughs) Wow. We had a little girl that um, was was dying. She was at uh, Ronald McDonald House. And I said, let's, what, what's your last wish? She said that my parents got married. And I said, well, I can marry, I can marry you. That's awesome. Yeah, well, that's awesome. It was just, what a treat. My quick question for you, and, and maybe it's not a quick answer, but what, um, what do you say about all of the changes that are coming? How do you keep up with the challenges of Medicare, the changes that happen? <laughs> it seems almost daily. And, and one thing that I think about all the time is allowing our doctors to care for our patients rather than insurance care for the patients. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not a good Is that a whole other show? It's not a short answer. <laughs> I, it, it's, it's troubling. I think, you know, what we continue to see in healthcare is reimbursement rates change and the ability to, um, the ability to, well, we well, sorry not to not to interrupt you. We're going to come back to that. But William, we have a call. He wants to thank Mike and the nurses out there, and he'd like to to call in. Sure, uh, that would be wonderful. We are waiting on William. Go ahead, William. This is Debbie, Margie, and Mike. Hey, Debbie, I've changed uh, my number to um, your screen caller. I think it's Bill. Yes. But anyway, um, I gave him my number, so we'll be in touch. Fabulous. Um, it's just something I've always done for a few years now, kind of a quiet Santa Claus type deal. Just go around to some of these mom and pop stores and pick up toys and onesies and little clothes and whatnot and stuff like that just to give back to the children because I know it means the world to them. And, uh, but anyway, I wanted to commend Mike. Um, I think that's the gentleman's name that you have on, yes. on the yes. show today. Yeah. Um, I know what it's like to be an essential worker. I've been a truck driver for 35 years. And um, fortunately, the COVID-19 kept me working um, just like as well as it did with him. And it turned our world upside down. And I think a lot of people with the stress and everything that was associated with COVID-19 maybe lost sight of that, which rightfully so, because it's so easy to do. We just forget. Um, but it's just means the world to me for to have people like Mike and people that work in the medical field. Um, without you guys, we don't know what we would do. Just like the fire workers and the police officers, we're all essential workers and we work death, try to work together on all of this. And it's been real hard for us the last three years, four years, but Mike, I appreciate what you do. Thank you. I know you don't know me, and I don't know you, but I thank you for what you do. That's beautiful. Yeah, William, I really appreciate that. And thanks to you, you know, the country was essentially, would have essentially been shut down had it not been for truck drivers like you. Mm-hmm. So really, really appreciate you. 
Uh, you know what? You just warmed well, my well, heart, William. Really, thank you for what you you just called in and told us. I mean, we're all three people here that uh, have a heart to give, and to hear it from someone else unsolicited really means a lot to all of us, and uh, warms my heart to know that you you know you're you're, you're actively participating and putting hope back in the headlines for us. So thank you so much, William, for calling in, and um, I agree with well, you. You're most you're most welcome. You're most welcome, Debbie. And you know we're all under God's kingdom here. Amen. Amen. And it's God. All we got to do is just ask him. That's what he wants us to do. Amen. I, to I, I agree with you, brother, 100% on that. Have a great day. Welcome back, listeners. You're listening to Community Centered. I'm your host, Debbie O'Hanley, with my friend, Margie Kyle. We are listening uh, to Mike, president of Novant Health Huntersville. We have a lot of questions. Um, this should have been a two-hour show, I think, Mike. We, we've got a lot going on here. We did have a caller, Hope, who wants to know if you can give any quick tips on how not to get sick during this season. I, yeah, and this is the time, um, all the things that you remember about COVID, stay six feet away from people. If you're sick, wear a mask. If somebody else is sick, stay six feet away from them. Wash your hands. Those are the kind of the basic ways to do it. Um, and that's and, and it's something I've noticed we've kind of stopped doing. Mm-hmm. You yes. Know? It's uh, COVID's over and COVID's not as bad, so we can not wash our hands and cough on people and all that. And you can see in the community the number of people getting sick is growing and growing and growing. Yes, it is. We need to get a little bit more vigilant about that, I think. So hope I hope you're washing your hands, and I hope that you're using that anti-back and all that other good stuff to prevent (laughs) uh, what we're going into this season. So, Margie, I know you have a question for Mike. Oh, we yes, I do. If you have a sick child, which I've had... Several. <laughs> um, and do you take them to the emergency room or do you take them to primary care? Or what do you do? Yes, yes, and yes. Okay. So it depends. And whether it's a child or whether it's you or whether it's your, your loved ones, it really depends. Um, the ER is really for the highest level of care. So therefore, true emergencies um, that have to be dealt with immediately. Immediately. Um, and, and if. When in doubt, if you're not sure, if you're not, if you're, if you think you're that sick, go to the ER. If you think you're in any, certainly any life or limb threatening situation, go to the ER. But if not, the urgent care is uh, usually a better, a better way to go. It's a shorter wait for, for less severe things. Right. Um, and then ideally your primary care, because most primary cares now, especially primary cares with the Novant can get you in same day. Okay. So if it's something that you can wait till the next day, go to the doctor. If it's something that can wait several hours, go to the urgent care. Yeah. If it's something that's absolutely life-threatening, um, go to the ER. Uh, when you, it, part of the, another good reason for that, as soon as you walk into the ER, it's a $700 charge. I mean, mm-hmm. just, just to show up, forget about what, what kind of procedures you have done. Um, so think about that. And to walk into an urgent care, it's, you know, depending on your copay, it's probably $30. Yeah. And so it's very different. And then your doctor is, is similar to that. So just thinking about the cost um, and then thinking about all of the, you know, our, our ERs are busy all the time. And so if, if you can avoid it, um, going using a different route of care is probably better for you because you won't have to wait as long. Again, if you're sick, go. 
if you're really sick, go. Right. I, I don't want to tell people don't go to the ER. Right. But if you're if you're um, if it can wait several hours or if it's a chronic kind of a condition, because um, I think a lot of times patients will come to the ER with something that's been bothering them for a month or two. And yeah, they, and that's and, not the time to yeah, do it. Yeah. Well, and then they get frustrated because the doctor will say, okay, this is what we're seeing. We're going to set you up with this specialist. Yeah. And the patients will say, well, I could have done that. Yeah, well, you, you should have. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if you think you're having a heart attack mm. or if you have asthma or oh, yes, anything certainly. like that or you're choking... Mm. Certainly. You know, that is an emergency, and a true emergency. Right. Yeah. Can urgent care set bones and do stitches? They can do stitches, and it depends on the urgent care. They're all they're all different. Um, but they set bones, probably not. They're going to probably want to get you to the ER for that. Um, sprained ankle, that's that they can handle. Um, but if it's a, if it's a severe break, then no, they okay. they're, they're going to want to get you to the ER or an orthopedist. And a lot of with a lot of sports medicine type injuries, a lot of you know sports injuries will we have a ortho now um, program at Novant where you can go to the orthopedist directly, and they'll take care of whatever your issue is. Again, if you're if your bones hanging out, go to the ER. <laughs> But, Ooh, but if it's not. a sprained ankle or something relatively minor, they can do you ortho now. Awesome. Awesome. How about a, just a, a, a curious question? I know that we brought a woman into Hope House about a year and a half ago who was um, a medical tech, an, uh, not a, med- a surgical tech, mm-hmm. so, and uh, she was unemployed because she was living out of her car. And we were able to contact some staff at uh, Novon and get her immediately hired. Mm-hmm. And um, so much so that a year and a half later, after her helping her recover from some financial obstacles, she left us as a traveling medical tech, making a whole lot of money, even more so than when she had worked prior to COVID. So I know that the traveling nurses, the traveling medical tech, the traveling people are making killer money in our community now, which I'm sure has impacted the folks that want to stay local and and do that. It it has. It's it's something that during, it's interesting, during COVID, um, we had say 50% more patients on any given day than before. And so we were desperate need for more nurses, mm-hmm. scrub techs, all those things. And so we paid up for them. And um, so the, but what we saw was the people who were ours, and I say ours, any hospitals, saw that they could make triple going somewhere else. And so they did. And so they kind of went away for a good chunk of them went away from the hospitals and started doing the travel nursing and made a whole lot more money. Um, we're paying them less now, but Good. we but there's still a lot of them that are out there traveling. So we haven't recouped the ones that were home nurses, if you will, right. Right, and scrub techs and and rad, rad techs and a lot of other jobs. So we're in the process of trying to get them to come home mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's really it's it's one of the things in healthcare that's really hurt us. You know, you, you guys know about inflation and how you know that's up significantly over the last couple of years. Um, our not to get into it, but our, our labor expense has gone up 17% in the last wow. year. Wow. And our reimbursement, you, were, you asked me a question before about Medicare and Medicaid and how that works. The Medicare or Medicaid reimbursement doesn't change. Mm-hmm. So if our cost goes up 8% and our salaries go up 17%, that's, you know, we don't, we can't raise the price of our hamburgers. You know, that's, we get what we get. So that's, that's hurt healthcare, I think, a good bit. Just come home. Just right? come home. Just come yeah. home. We want you to come back and service the folks in your community that need you. So, And thank you. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just really um, so grateful, Mike, for the impact that you and your team make in the community. As our call, caller William stated that, you know, we just couldn't have done it without. And I think we need to recognize that more, that how difficult that transition was and how folks really need to heal from that and recover. And yeah. um, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we'll get an, an outpouring of support from that. And Saba, you know, folks always say at Hope House, you know, what can I do? And you were like, just bake some cookies and drop them off. Maybe yeah. you could just bake some cookies and drop them off to some of the nursing staff or yeah. ER staff at the hospital. Just show some kindness and um, it will come back to you tenfold. I am yeah. certain of that. It does. Yeah. Yeah, I am certain. We love to surprise the nurses uh, at the hospitals with donuts and coffee. Oh, I'm sure their hips thank you yeah. <laughs> for that. Mine do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mike, what's happening with Lake Norman Hospital? Uh, so we agreed with um, CHS Community Health Systems for on, on a purchase price, and now we're really just waiting on the Federal Trade Commission to approve it or not. Okay. So I, and we should hope we hope to hear by the end of the year, beginning of next year. Um, and I, it's up to the FTC. Okay. Really. So that's that would be a great thing, and we're hopeful. Fingers crossed. Right. Fingers right. crossed. We'll join you in being hopeful for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, Margie. Oh, absolutely. What else can we do to put a smile on Mike's face? Uh, I have to tell a cute story about one of my doctors, who I'm not going to mention his name, but when he uh, moved back to Novant. He said, I'm going to show you something I wrote in your chart. You're going to get really mad at me. And I said, okay, well, that's your choice. And so I finally said, what is it? And he said, I really like you. And I said, well, I really like you. (laughs) Best doctor I've ever been to. So he put a note on my chart, older woman needs more time. (laughs) (laughs) Because on the chart it said, limit 15 minutes per patient. And so he said, I had to put something on there so I could give you a few more minutes if you needed it. <laughs> That's fantastic. That, and, and I they think go the extra mile for us. Why mm-hmm. are we not doing the same? Yeah. Yeah. And I think every every primary care doctor would love to sit with you for 30 minutes or an hour. They really, really would. It's... <laughs> It's, that's what they love. They love patients. They yeah. love talking to yeah. people. They love healing people. Yeah. Mike, what percentage yeah. of folks um, follow up with a, how was your experience at Novon? I know that we get those often, but... Uh, it depends on the survey, but 20 to 30, 20 to 40%. Okay. Yeah. And is there a benefit to you for folks filling those out? Because I know there's a lot of people that ignore that, there, but it probably is. The, the biggest thing, it makes us feel good. Yes. <laughs> That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, and it makes the team feel good, and there's comment sections, and we'll pull those comments out. If you say, Margie the nurse did this wonderful thing, we'll recognize Margie the nurse. Mm. And so so they're fantastic for that. So, yeah, I would say, yeah, absolutely feel those out. That's another great way to say thank you absolutely. without having to come back in and bring cookies, yeah. even though that's right, okay, right, too. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So fill out those comment cards or survey cards that you get should you have a visit to the hospital or to one of their um, medical facilities that they have, because those are, that's important to work. Absolutely. It and it's important to spread good news. Mm. You know, we're, we're hearing so much about what, so what, my doctor didn't do, tell me this or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
you know. Well, they're only practicing medicine, ask. right? They're only practicing medicine. And so maybe and they didn't ask. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, today has been delightful, Mike. I really appreciate your time coming here. I've learned an awful lot. I um, feel like my friend Margie and I maybe helped put a smile on you. Absolutely. This has been my pleasure. I really, you guys are wonderful. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we try to be, right? We try to dazzle them here. But we're grateful for this opportunity to be on the studio. You are listening to Community Centered here. My name is Debbie O'Hanley and my friend Margie Kyle joins me every week here. If you have an idea for a show, you can reach out to 844-STUDIO-4 and let us know. We are engineered by our friend Bill, who keeps us on track and keeps us on <laughs> point. So thank you, Bill for taking our calls and engineering us. We greatly appreciate you. Have a blessed day. Stay hopeful and smile.